It's just something about people that just, uh, just settle down in the house of the Lord. It seems like somehow, some ways, God brings them through that battle and God brings them, brings them through that storm. And so it works tonight. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that, the importance of attending church. Let's pray tonight. We'll jump right into the Bible study. Father, uh, it has been a great day, and we thank you for it. Thank you for the great music, and Lord, the wonderful spirit, and Lord, just everything that uh, you've done for us today at Calvary. Thank you so much. And Lord, thank you for this fantastic crowd that's here tonight. And uh, Lord, we're glad that you're still building churches in 2018. We pray now, Heavenly Father, for a very fresh touch tonight for supernatural help and power. And I pray that you'll bless our people. And I pray we'll say something that would lodge in somebody's heart and mind that would make a difference, be a blessing, that would glorify Christ. And, and we pray for the power uh, of the Holy Spirit now. And we ask you to work. We love you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. Don't you love coming to church? Amen. <laughs> That's how I wanted to start the message tonight. Man, I, listen, I don't know. I don't know how it is with y'all. But, man, I just love coming. I just love coming to church. It's just, you know, we've always, ever, ever since I was a kid, I've been going to church. Thank God I can testify to that. I know everybody can't. Uh, but I thank God for that. Thank God I had a mom and a daddy who took me to church, didn't give me an option, didn't give me an alternative. They just made me go. Amen. And I, I love church more today than I ever have in my life. And I thank God for church. And I, I believe this. I believe that if you really get born again, I believe that God will place something in your heart that enjoys church, enjoys church. Man, while that choir was singing tonight, the youth choir was singing tonight, and just watching all those young people up here, I'm going to tell you what, man, if that didn't bless you, right. something's wrong somewhere. Yep. I mean, if that didn't get your fire to burn in your woods, awful yep. wet tonight, it really is. And I, I just thank God for the house of God. And, and I don't understand people who claim to be, they claim to be born again, but they have no desire to come to the house of the Lord. Now, there's something that needs to happen. Number one, I wrote this down, it could be they need to change churches. Now, if their church is dead and dry and lifeless and nothing's ever happening and you know what, maybe there's somebody watching by way of live stream tonight and, and you're attending a dead church, a dry church, a church where nobody's ever getting saved and man, there's no excitement and there's no growth and there's no vision, then I want to say to you tonight, you know what, maybe you need to change churches. Uh, amen, brother. You know what, sometimes you just need to, you need to make a change and, uh, and anything that's dead ought to be buried. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And so it could be that folks need to change church. But if the church is spirit-filled and has vision, how many know tonight it's not the church that needs to change, but the church member that needs to change? And so I thank God for the church, and I thank God that God has given me a desire to go to church. And then I know how it is. And, I, I, you know, I've worked with people and been around people just like you, you're around and you work with, and they'll say, well, you know, uh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I've heard people saying that. Well, you know, preacher, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And, and uh, is that true? Of course it's true. That, that is true. But may I say tonight, you don't have to go home to be married. But if you want to have a healthy relationship, you better show up at the house. That's good preaching tonight. That's right. 
And how many know this tonight? If you want to have a healthy relationship as a child of God, man, you better show up to the house. I mean, you better, you better show up to God's house. And man, there's just something about being in the Lord's house. And, and then I wanted to, to say this tonight, church, don't miss out on doing the one thing that many of us can do good. Now, you know what? Not all of us can play the piano like Miss Gay or Miss Tammy or some of these other, like Miss Sarah. Well, wouldn't that a blessing tonight? Uh, not everybody can play the piano like some of our fine pianists. and Not everybody can play the keyboard. Not everybody can play the, the, uh, the fiddle uh, or the violin. I'm not sure which one it is. Somebody said it's a fiddle on Saturday night and a violin on Sunday. I, I don't know. And, uh, but not everybody can play that, that thing like Miss Angie can. Not everybody can play the, the saxophone or the flute or, or an instrument like, uh, you know, some of our musicians can. Not everybody can preach. Not everybody can teach. Not everybody can, can you know, do what others do. I, I thought about this. I may never preach like a Jack Hiles. I, I love to hear Brother Hiles preach. I, I love to hear men like Adrian Rogers. I listen to Adrian Rogers preach. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, could you somehow give me some of that? I, I, I watched Joe Arthur preach and, and listened to Brother Joe preach. And, man, what a blessing he is. And, and I, I, just, I just like being around him. I just want him to rub off on me. And I, and I think, Lord, I, I wish I could preach like that. But I, never, I, I may never preach like a Joe Arthur. I may never organize like a Dr. Lee Robertson. I may never win souls like a, a Dr. Carl Hatch. I, I may never be used in massive crusades. I hope God uses me, but I may never be used in a crusade like a Billy Graham or a D.O. Moody, but I'll tell you what I can do like Jack Howes, and I'll tell you what I can do like Joe Arthur, and I'll tell you what I can do like Charles Spurgeon, and I'll tell you what I can do like Lee Robertson. I can be just as faithful as they were. I can be just as faithful. Oh, I may not preach like them. I may not organize like them. I may not have crusades like them, but I'm glad to tell you I can be Faithful. And by the way, that's something that each one of us can do if we really have a desire to be faithful to the house of the Lord. I, I, I tell this story. Some of you have heard me tell it, but about the lady that got saved. I mean, man, she got saved and she just loved the Lord, loved the Lord so much, started going to church all the time. And man, just every Sunday morning, she'd get up and get her Bible out and get ready and she'd go to church and just love the house of God, love the people of God. But her husband was lost. He was lost and, and just never went with her. And, and, and so every Sunday morning, she'd get up. She'd fix him some breakfast. She wouldn't nag him. She'd fix him some breakfast. She'd invite him to go. She said, honey, y'all go with me. No, I'm not going today. And, uh, but she'd fix him a nice meal. Then she'd go up and get ready. And she'd get her Bible and she'd go off to church. Went like that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, you could tell she was just falling in love with the Lord. And, and well, her husband was getting under conviction more and more and more. And so uh, one Sunday morning, she came down just like always, and she began to fix his breakfast, and, and she was going to run up. You know, she ran upstairs. She got ready and got her Bible under her arm, and she came down, and she said, Now, sweetie, have a good day. I'm going to church. And he said, Woman, he said, You're not going to church today. And she said, No, honey. She said, You know, I'm born again. She said, You know, I love Jesus. And she said, You know, I go to church every Sunday, and I enjoy going to his house. And he said, Woman, I told you, you're not going to church today. She said, no, honey. She said, I don't preach at you. I don't 
don't nag you. And she said, I want you to come to the Lord. But she said, I don't bother you about that. But she said, you know, Jesus has saved me. And, uh, and I love the Lord and I love being with his people. And uh, he said, woman, I told you, you're not going to church today. He reached in the drawer, pulled out a pistol and pointed the pistol at his wife and said, woman, I told you, you're not going down to that church today. But boy, something came over her. I mean, a Holy Spirit boldness filled her. And she looked back at that gun and looked down the barrel of that revolver, looked at her husband, and she said, if you shoot me now, I'm going to heaven. If you don't, I'm going to church. And turned around and walked out the door and went to the house of God. Man, oh man, thank God for people that put a, a high precedence upon the, upon the house of the Lord. Now, I want to give you tonight real quickly some, some Bible reasons that, that we ought to be faithful to the house of the Lord. All right, how about this? Number one, we notice first of all that God extends a clear command. He extends a clear command. In the Old Testament, God commanded his people to be associated with his house. And his house was a place that he had put his name. Now let me show you a few of those places. Not all of them, but a few of those. Deuteronomy chapter 12 tonight. Now let's go all the way back to the beginning here. Deuteronomy chapter 12. And I want you to look with me please at verse number 5 tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse number 5. And God says, I'm going to put my name somewhere. And he said, when I put my name at this place, he said, I want you to come to that place. Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse number five. The Bible says, but under the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. Now somebody says, preacher, where did he put his name? Well, I want you to turn to the right just a little bit. Now I want you to go to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 8. First Chron- I'm sorry, 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 8. We'll go to Chronicles in just a moment. 1 Kings chapter 8. And look at verse number 29 with me tonight, if you will. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 29. The Bible says that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day. Watch now. Even toward the place of which thou hast said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Then I want you to turn over to a very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 tonight in your Bibles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And look, if you will, at, uh, look at verse number 14 with me tonight. 2 Chronicles Chapter number seven, you were in uh, First Kings. Turn right again, and you're going to go past Second Kings. You're going to go past First Chronicles, and you're going to go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter seven, and look at verse number fourteen. And the Bible says this: If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Uh, verse fifteen. Now mine eyes shall be open. And mine ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. I love this, verse 16. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. I love this last part. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually, perpetually. 
And so God said, you know what? I'm going to take my name and I'm going to associate my name with my house. And he said, uh, folks, he said, I want you to be sure that you identify with the house of God. I believe even in this modern day of Christianity, I believe that we ought to be faithful to the place that's associated with his name. You know, think, think, think about it like this, church. You know, there's a lot of places anymore where his name's not really welcome. Do you know that? I mean, you think about it, especially in the day in which we're living today. Uh, for instance, in the 1960s, the Supreme Court made the decision to exclude the Bible and prayer out of the public school. Now, I know, especially out here in the country, we've still got, thank God, we've still got some public school teachers that are saved and they're doing their best to keep the Bible in there. But, it, but in a lot of public schools, they said, we don't want the Bible and we don't want uh, prayer, and we don't want the name of God. It's sad now that if prayer is going to be offered at a football game, it's only to be student-led, that the, the coach is not really supposed to lead in prayer anymore at the local football game. The Bible clubs in our schools are to be student, what they call student-generated, not started or led by staff members. In June of 2005, the Supreme Court decided to remove the Ten Commandments from the courtroom wall. And it's interesting, in the story, they said it could be displayed on the outside, on the outside of the courthouse, but never on the inside of the courthouse. And I thought tonight, you know what, church, isn't that symbolic? Isn't that ironic? The world says, Lord, you can hang around on the outside, but we're not gonna allow you to come on the inside. And you know what, a nation will never get saved as long as they tell God just to stay outside and not come inside, is that right? And, but a lot of places, the name of the Lord is not welcome. It's not welcome in politics. Man, I was so excited to see Dr. Jack Treber open up in prayer the other day at the U.S. Congress. And, and Brother Treber prayed such a great prayer, and he prayed in Jesus' name. I was like, yes, go, Dr. Treber, go. Uh, but oftentimes, the name of Jesus is not welcome in politics. Well, we know his name is not welcome on television unless they're using it for blasphemy and blaspheming the precious name of Jesus or taking God's name in vain. And now, as sad as this is, there's even churches where the name of Jesus is no longer welcome. But I said that to say this, aren't you glad that there's still some churches that proudly proclaim the name of Jesus Christ? And by the way, may Calvary Baptist Church be, be one of those churches where the name of Jesus is ever lifted up. I love the song we sing, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know fills my every longing keeps me singing as I go I love the songs we sing here there is a name I love to hear I love to sing its word it sounds like music in mine ear the sweetest name on earth I love it when the little kids sing Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so I love it when just a few services ago we gathered here and sang blessed be the name blessed be the name and by the way blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. May we never be ashamed of his name. And God said, I want you to, I want you to be identified at the place where my name is placed. The house of the Lord. Can I show you some scripture real quick? Would you take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10? Hebrews chapter 10, you say, preacher, you know, all that, those other verses, that was, that was Old Testament. Okay, well, let's look at some New Testament tonight. Hebrews chapter 10 in your Bibles and, and look if you will please at verse number 19. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of who? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, verse 21, and having an high priest over the house of God. Well, the Bible's already told us what his name is. His name is Jesus. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for his faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What's God saying? I want you to come to church. That's what he's saying. I want you to come to church. I want you to come to my house. I want you to come to that place where my name is, is associated at that place called the house of God, and I want you to be there. And so we see, first of all, we see that God extends a clear command. Real quickly, how about this number two? We notice that God extends a caring courtesy. Would you look over at Psalm 84, Psalm chapter 84 and verse number four tonight. Psalm chapter 84 and verse number four. Notice what the Lord tells us here. Psalm 84 and verse, verse number four, God says this, blessed. Now, if you like to mark your Bible up or, or underline or highlight, I want you to highlight that word blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, blessed. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. And then there's that little word selah there. It means it's a rest. It means stop and reflect upon what you just said. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. We know our Old Testament is translated from, from uh, Hebrew and Aramaic. And if you go back and you study that word blessed in Psalm 84, 4, the word blessed, I love this, it means this. It means how happy, exclamation mark. Go back and study it out. For, don't take my word for it. Go study it out. It means how happy, exclamation mark. It shows passion. It shows excitement. In other words, the Lord said this. If you go to the house of the Lord, God said, I'm going to show you a courtesy. He said, I'm going to make sure that you're going to be happy. Now, you say, preacher, are there going to be burns? There's going to be burns. There's going to be problems. There's going to be tests, as we preached about this morning. But I, and I can't, I can't explain it all, but I'm just telling you, man, if you and I will be faithful to the house of God, God said, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. God said, I'm going to make sure that I take care of you. He said, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be happy. Uh, God is going to bless. Then I thought about some other ways it blesses me. When I come to the house of the Lord, well, it blesses me to see how God changes lives. Man, we come to the house of the Lord, and man, we see sinners get saved. We come to the house of the Lord, and we see, man, we see people that are having problems with strongholds get delivered. We see marriages get strengthened. We see families get put back together again. And I thought about this. It blesses me to hear the music and the songs. Man, it blessed me tonight. And, well, I'm glad when we come to Calvary Baptist Church, we don't come and hear songs about crying in your beer and, 
you know, my pickup truck broke down, and old blue got killed, you know, and and uh, who's cheating on who and whose car's parked next door and, and my wife just left me for the last time. Man, man, I'm so glad we don't sing that kind of sad, sad stuff here at Calvary Baptist Church. I'm glad we don't sing depressing songs, but I'm glad when you come to Calvary, we get encouraged and we get uplifted uh, by the songs and the music that we hear at Calvary Baptist Church. It blesses me to see how God is changing lives. It blesses me to hear the music and the songs. And then I thought about this. It blesses me to see the dedication of others. Man, just to come and see others that are just dedicated and living for the Lord. Man, folks that are just going through the fire, and yet, man, they're just faithful to the Lord. And so we notice here, God said, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna give you a courtesy. I'm gonna bless you if you come to the house of the Lord. I told you I'd be short tonight. How about this, number three? We notice that God extends a constraining case. In other words, God extends a clear example of other Christians who were faithful to the house of God. Someone says, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, I'm not really sure if that's accurate. If you're going to be a Christ one, let's see, does this make sense? If you're going to be Christ-like, you've got to follow the example of Christ. Does that make sense? Well, I tell you what, let's do then, church. Let's see what kind of example that he set. And so take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and look at verse number 16. Did you know the Bible, and I'll preach on this later on down the road a little ways, but did you know the Bible says that Jesus came here and set or left us an example that we should follow? Notice what his example is in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 16. We notice that Jesus was faithful to the synagogue. Luke 4 verse 16. The Bible says, and he, talking about Jesus, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Watch this now. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up. For to read. In other words, you know what Jesus' example was? He was always going to the synagogue. Man, on the Sabbath day, he was always going to what we would call church. He was always going to church, always going to worship, always going to the house of the Lord. And then we noticed the apostles. We noticed the apostles were faithful to the temple. Would you look with me in Acts chapter 2 tonight? Acts chapter 2. And look at verse number, uh, verse number 46. We're not going to be long, but I'm giving you a lot tonight. I know I'm giving you a lot. Acts chapter 2. And look at verse number 46 about the apostles, Peter, James, and John, and the other apostles. Acts chapter 2, verse number 46. The Bible says about these men, and they continuing, what's the word? And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. In other words, I'm just saying this. God gave us some wonderful examples and God said, hey, here are some people. By the way, Jesus Christ at the very top that led by example and these people were faithful to associate themselves with that place where the name of God was, the synagogue, the temple, the local church. Now we're done tonight. We're done. That's all the points I'm going to give you on the screen this evening. But let me close tonight. It's, it's 7, 7.55. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.55. And we're just about done. But as a pastor, I want to give you from a preacher's standpoint 
I want to give you real quickly several, th- several thoughts on why you should be faithful to church. Number one, I wrote this down as a pastor. Number one, your family needs to be saved. The Bible says in Acts 16, you don't have to turn there, Acts 16, 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. Hey, parent, can I just challenge you uh, concerning this thing? Keep your kids in the house of God. Man, don't ever, listen, don't ever, I don't ever get out of the house of the Lord. Well, you say, preacher, we got sideways with you. We got mad at you. Well, you know what truth is? There may be some people get mad at me. But if you get mad at me, you better go somewhere else. Everybody hear that? If you get mad at me, which I don't know how you could get mad at somebody so lovable as me. But anyway, if you get mad at me, if you get mad at me, and then we see each other, and we see each other at Walmart in, in five months down the road, by the way. Did you know if you leave the church right and you see me at Walmart five months down the road, did you know we'll have a great little reunion? Hey, good to see you. It won't be this kind of thing. Sneaking out. Hey, listen, if you left so right, then you ought to be able to come up and talk to the preacher. Just because you left Calvary don't mean we've got to be enemies if you left right. Y'all with me if you left right. But if you leave Calvary Baptist Church five months down the road when I come by and we shake hands and I say, where y'all going? Don't bow your head. And so, well, we're not going anywhere, preacher. Oh, listen to me. Your family needs to be saved. And you've got to make sure you keep your kids under the gospel and make sure they stay under preaching and make sure they stay in that junior church and make sure that they hear about Jesus on a weekly basis. Number one, your family needs to be saved. Why you ought to be in church, and this is from a preacher's standpoint, number two, your kids need all the positive peer pressure they can get. Ephesians 6, 4, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. How many know that our kids have a lot against them nowadays? I mean, they're tempted with drugs. They're tempted with immorality. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're trying to pump into the minds of our kids. By the way, parents, not the kind of stuff that they try to teach us and and talk. It's worse than that now. I'm talking about garbage. I'm talking about, and it was garbage then, but it's, it's, it's smelly garbage now. I mean, it's bad. I mean, vile, vile stuff that they're trying to uh, uh, propagate into the minds of our, of our teenagers and our girls and our boys. And, and uh, did, listen, did you know there ought to be a place where you can bring your kids every week where they hear the word of God and where they hear the right kind of music and they hear the right kind of singing and they hear the right kind of talk and they see the right kind of fellowship? Uh, listen, your kids need all the positive peer pressure that they can get. And then I wrote this down, number three, from a pastor's standpoint. You need a place where you can come for strength and encouragement. Psalm 27, five, the psalmist said, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Church, let me just just talk to you as a pastor tonight. When you're going through the fire, the worst thing you'll do is stay home in your four walls. Just stay home and, and and oh, I'm not going today. Stay home, have a pity party. Nobody ever shows up to a pity party except two. And that's you and the devil. He loves pity parties. 
And so when you're going through the fire, and I know, I know sometimes, boy, you got to push yourself. You say, preacher, I didn't want to come. I made myself come. Man, make sure you get here because if you come, I believe the Lord will encourage you and the Lord will strengthen you. Number four, I wrote this down. You need a place where you can serve the Lord and give back. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Church, if all you ever do is take, 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 you know what? You're going you're to be unbalanced. You ought to have a place where you can come. If you're going to be godly, you're going to have to have a place where you can come and give. Man, give and give to the Lord and, and, and give your time and give your service. How about this, number five? You need a place where you can be taught the Bible. Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. We're done. These are just some things I wrote down as a pastor. Number, number six, and we're done. You need a place to worship the Lord. John 4.24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why we were created. We were created to worship Him. And it's important that we're faithful to His house. Listen, I don't know what other people are going to do, but I want to be at the place where His name is. Just this week. It's amazing how I'm getting ready to preach a message and God will, God will send an illustration. And I'm not going to tell you the illustration because it's too personal and this goes on the radio and it goes on the internet. But I, I spoke with somebody just yesterday and they said, did you hear about our tragedy? And I said, no, I, I haven't heard anything. And they began to tell me, of a, and it was a tragedy, absolute tragedy. And I began to think, my mind began to go back. My mind began to go back. And I remember when this family sort of got sideways with the church and got sideways with the preacher and, and uh, at least part of the family. And that part of the family got out of church. And, and you know what? After they got out of church, they never did do well. That family just, it just literally just disintegrated. Little by little, that family just disintegrated, just blew apart little by little. You know what? And yesterday as I was talking to this person, I thought, thank you, Lord. This just works. Church, it just works. It just works. Oh, it's not flashy. It, it's not flashy and neon lights and, and uh, the world doesn't understand, you know, but it just works. It works. Man, just plant yourself in the house of the Lord. And I believe God will bless you for it. Amen. Well, we're going to pray. Let's bow our heads tonight, if you will. And we're going to let you go home in just a moment. But right before we do, we need to have an invitation. And maybe tonight somebody needs to come and say, Lord, tonight I just want to, I just want to rededicate myself to the house of the Lord. It could be tonight there may be a mom and a dad or husband and wife that want to come tonight and like Joshua just say, Lord, it's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We're going to stay in church. I mean, until Jesus returns, by the grace of God, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to stay in the house of God. And we're going to be faithful. 
If God spoke to your heart tonight, you need to come. The altar is going to be open. If you need to be saved tonight, maybe there's somebody here tonight and you're not sure about your salvation uh, and you need to be saved, I want you to come. You're here tonight. You say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've not been baptized. I've not followed the Lord in baptism. Why don't you come tonight? Make yourself a candidate for baptism, whatever it might be. Maybe it's church membership. It could be rededicating your life to the Lord. It could be this week the devil's just been on you so hot and heavy trying to get you discouraged. And tonight you just tiptoe down to this altar and say, Lord, the devil really tried to get me this week. But I'm gonna, by your grace, I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to hang in here. I want to be found faithful when Jesus comes again. Why don't we stand all over the house tonight, Father? Thank you for the good day you've given us at Calvary. I know this was so simple tonight. But I pray that you'll take it. And I pray that you'll use it. And God, help us. As the psalmist said, God, help us to, to Lord, to, to be found centered in the house of the Lord. I pray that we will. Bless this time of invitation. I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. And we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll just keep our heads bowed for a moment. The pianist will play. Several are in the altar tonight. And if you need to come, listen, the altar is wide open to see. Why don't you come? Amen. Amen. What about it? Some of you here tonight need to say, by the grace.